uh, <laughs> we're going to be in Joel chapter 2, really just uh, Joel chapter 2, uh, verse 13, uh, just kind of circling around that one verse. And, uh, and, and let me just kind of say off the top uh, that, that, man, if I, if I were a business consultant, which I, do we have any business consultants in the room? Good, so you won't be offended by any of this. So if, if, if I were a business consultant and God were consulting me about his business, I would suggest that God should change one thing about his corporate industry, so to speak. Uh, don't get me wrong, God has done great work, marvelous deeds, incredible things uh, through the course of his uh, life. Uh, he has a great reputation, right? Joel chapter 2 talks about how he is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger and abounding in love. Um, God has an incredible, successful business, so to speak. Uh, he would be the model industry for every single industry that is out there. But, but if I could just if I were a business consultant and God was consulting me, I would say, God, you should probably change this, this one thing, his return policy. I want you to think about this, his return policy. I mean, honestly, he should probably rethink and reconsider and revamp that return policy. Uh, people will probably take advantage of it. Uh, people do take advantage of his current policy as it stands. Uh, it, it, he's probably going to go broke if he keeps that return policy. Uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 12, he, he says the return policy really clearly and really easily. He says simply, return to me. Return to me. Um, uh, the, the word return is, is actually just the word that means turn, right? So if, if you're uh, saying that word in Hebrew, then people might just kind of do this, right? Because it just literally means turn. It means to turn back. It means to go back. Uh, first reference in scripture is in Genesis 3.19. And, um, and, and, and God talks about how uh, by the sweat of your face, you will eat bread until you turn to the ground. Uh, in other words, until you return to the ground, until you go back to the ground. By the sweat of your face, you'll eat bread till you turn to the ground. Um, return, go back, return to me. Uh, in the book of Joel, it's really fascinating that God would come along and say, hey, return to me because they are experiencing this incredible season of disaster. Um, uh, did you notice uh, 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 Betty uh, had this really long reading and this it's painful detail in there about, about how disastrous their season was? Um, this is um, uh, Joel chapter 1, verse 4, and I, I think that we should have slides for this. Uh, Joel chapter 1, verse 4 uh, reads like this. What the cutting locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the hopping locust has eaten. And what the hopping locust left, the destroying locust has eaten. And so what we've got is this, uh, this, this season of disaster after disaster after disaster. It's pictured as locusts here. And so there's one group of locusts, and they come and destroy stuff. And then there's another group of locusts, and they destroy more stuff. And then there's another group, and then another group, until the point where everything ends up being destroyed. And there is immense and immediate damage to everything in the book of Joel. And of course, that immediate damage leads to incredible long-term effects. Uh, these are farmers, right? So locusts are going to destroy everything, including um, their, their, their livelihood, right? The very thing that they did day in and day out. Their economy is going to tank. Um, their sense of well-being and satisfaction is going to be completely destroyed. 
That's what's happening in the book of Joel. Uh, later on, uh, down in verse 6 uh, of chapter 1, we, we learn that the locusts are actually an, an, an enemy nation. And that the enemy nation comes in and, and, uh, and, and destroys all the crops and all the people. So, so obviously an enemy nation is going to come in and kill a lot of people. And so relationships are destroyed. Um, uh, families are split apart. And in Joel chapter 1, everything and everyone is in mourning. From the priests to, um, to the cows to the ground itself. Everything in Joel and everyone in Joel is in mourning. Uh, people in the book of Joel are looking at the, at, at the season that they're living in, and they say that this is a defective product, and I don't want it anymore. And, and God comes along in that moment. They're, they're looking at this, this season that they're living in, this defective product, and God says, return to me. Uh, we certainly know about seasons of disaster, yeah? Oh, I'm the only one? <laughs> okay. Right, COVID has come, it's done its immediate damage, and we're still experiencing the immediate damage of that season, and, and, and yet we're experiencing the long-term effects already, just beginning to experience the long-term effects of that. Our livelihoods have been interrupted. Um, that, I mean, economy may or may not tank. We don't know for sure. Um, our sense of well-being and satisfaction is gone or non-existent. And then you throw on that, uh, on top of that, all the other seasons of disaster that are more, quote-unquote, normal and You've got unexpected illness, and you've got the death of people, and, and you've got, you know, natural catastrophes, and we've got social disruptions, and we've got, uh, you know, personal loss. We are no, uh, we, we are very familiar, we are no stranger to seasons of disaster. And, and so often, right, we're, we, we take a step back, and we look at that season of disaster, and we say it's a defective product, and, and we just say, I don't want that anymore. So, so just see how incredible this return policy is and how ridiculous this return policy is of God when he comes along and we're staring at this defective product of the season in our hand and he comes along and says, hey, return to me. And, and, and just add in those first two words that come right before that return policy. He says, even now, it's not too late. Right? It's not too late. Even now, return to me. There, just notice, there, there's no time constraints here. It's not a 90-day policy, right? You can return it up to 90 days. There's no receipt needed. Um, there, there's no um, you know, five-year warranty that you paid extra money for. And as long as you're in that five-year warranty, then we'll reimburse or we'll take care of it. There's none of that. This is just the, no time constraints, no uh, exceptions, just even now. It's not too late. Return to me. If I was a business consultant and God was consulting me, I would say you should probably rethink and reconsider and revamp that return policy. People are going to take advantage of that return policy. God, you're going to go broke if you keep that return policy. 
Um, it, it gets even more ridiculous if you add in the phrase right after this whole return to me. Uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 12 says, Yet even now, return to me with all your, what? Heart. We might say, oh, that's so nice of God, right? Warm fuzzies. Return to me with all your heart. But just think about the heart uh, as, it, as we see it in Scripture. Uh, what God is saying here is that God doesn't just want the thing that's broken, but the one or ones that broke it. That's what God is saying. That, that he, he doesn't just want the thing that's broken. He also wants the one or ones that broke it. Um, the heart in Scripture, uh, we, we just have to kind of see this because um, heart in Scripture is different than uh, our understanding of heart. Uh, in, in Scripture, uh, they're going to talk about an organ uh, that sustains life, right? Uh, that's our understanding of heart. Uh, in, in Scripture, um, the heart is also a place where emotions come out of. That's our understanding of heart. But, but just see this, it's also more than that uh, because in Scripture, they don't have a concept of the... You never see the word brain in Scripture. Did you ever notice that? That's because uh, for them, right, the brain stuff is in the heart, right? Remember, like, when I pause like that, that's, like, supposed to be when you fill in that gap, all right? So just, like, I know, I wasn't here last week, but you can do it, okay? So, so, so just think about this, right? The heart is where, is where knowledge uh, is or, or where knowledge comes out of. So understanding and, and discerning things happen from the heart. Um, wisdom, right? Uh, the, the sense of, hey, I've got a lot of information and I know what to do with it comes from the heart, right? The heart is immensely important. It's, it's like all of life. It, it's the center of life. It's, it's everything for you. And, and we would like to say that, um, you know, God is warm and fuzzies here, but just see, uh, let me take you on a quick path through scripture. And, and just, uh, let's just kind of look at what the scripture says about our, our hearts, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6. This is uh, a guy named Moses, and he's talking about what God is going to do. And uh, th this is, this, you know, thousands of years before Jesus shows up. Uh, Moses says, the Lord your God is going to circumcise your heart. Now, I'm not going to get into the detail of that because we try to keep things right at G here, but just see this, right? To circumcise, that, Moses would say that because, um, because there's something on our heart or something in our heart that shouldn't be there, that doesn't need to be there, and God's going to cut it off. Circumcise your heart. Uh, Psalm 51, verse 10. Um, David, right? A, a guy named David uh, is on his knees, and he cries out, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Uh, you know why you would say that, right? Uh, because you're looking at yourself and you're recognizing that your heart isn't clean and it needs to be cleaned. David is probably the greatest king that Israel ever knew. And, uh, and, and he says this after he has committed adultery and murdered somebody. Um, he saw a woman that he wanted to have uh, sexual relations with and he just did it. And to cover it up, he had that person murdered, uh, had uh, her husband murdered. And David got on his knees afterwards and he says, God, create in me a clean heart, oh God. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verses nine, uh, verse 9, this is way after King David and, and way before Jesus. Um, Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful above all else. In other words, it's more deceitful than anything else that we could ever know. 
Um, the heart is desperately sick, Jeremiah says. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, um, uh, the, the prophet says that, that God is going to remove our hearts of stone. It's not a heart of flesh that's beating. It's a heart of stone that's dead. Jesus himself, Mark chapter 7, verse 21, from within, out of the heart, come evil things. Listen to this list. This is what Jesus says. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. Out of the heart come these things. Do, do you see how incredible this invitation in Joel chapter 2 verse 12 is? How ridiculous this invitation is? Right? We, this is a much more personal invitation. Um, we, we look in the mirror at our brokenness, right? We, we look in the mirror and, and we see the hurts that we have caused other people. And, and, and we just kind of look at, at our hearts and we say, man, this is a defective product and I don't want this anymore. Anybody ever been there? And God comes along in that moment and he says, even now, return to me with all your heart. We can go one step further and we can combine the two things that we've talked about, the, the season of disaster and our hearts, because what's really happening in the book of Joel is Joel's trying to draw out the fact that our hearts have caused the disaster. Uh, this is a, a truth in scripture since way back in, in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, uh, like chapter 28, 29, um, uh, where, where uh, God basically says, hey, if you don't listen and obey, then I'm going to turn against you. And, and so what we would say is that, is that uh, the hearts have caused the disaster because they've allowed their hearts to turn away from God. And, um, and, and they've walked away from God. They've turned towards other things. And it's led to this separation between them and God. It's led to this distance between them and God. And, and scripture is really clear that life away from God is not a good life. It's, not, it, it's a cursed life. It's a, it's a bad life. It's an ultimately difficult life. And so God sends the disaster in the book of Joel. Or at the very, and I know that's uncomfortable, but that's the way that scripture speaks. God sends the disaster in the book of Joel, or at the very least, he withdraws his protection from the people so that the disaster can come and hopefully pull their, their, their lives back towards him. And see, what God is saying is that he wants the entire package. He doesn't just want the season of brokenness and the season of difficulty. He doesn't just want the thing that's broken. He even wants the person or persons that have broken it. Do you see that? God wants the entire package. Even now, return to me with all your heart. If I was a business consultant, I would tell God that he should probably rethink and reconsider and revamp that return policy because people are going to take advantage of it. Uh, because people do take advantage of it. And God, you are going to go broke if you keep that return policy. And of course, we know that in his love, 
and in his mercy, that's actually the route that he chose. Uh, against every consultant, against every other business, against every advice, he chose the path of going broke for you and for me. Isaiah chapter 53 says, He has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquity. Upon him was the punishment that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. It's the absolute best return policy ever. And so maybe the, the only question for us is, why aren't we taking advantage of this incredible return policy? What, 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 what causes us the hesitation to still go back, to listen to the words of our incredible God, to, to, to look at the policy that he has and to say, yeah, I'm taking advantage of that because it's not too late for me. It's not too late for us. It's not too late for our world. This is the best return policy ever, even now. Return to me with all your heart. What do you think he's gonna do when you return with your heart? What, what do you think he's gonna do when, when you come with your broken season and your broken heart and you say, I don't want this anymore. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, he says this, I will give a new, what, heart. I will remove your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. That's what he's gonna do. See, when we when we come into the presence of God, our hearts might look like that little squiggly line. I don't know if you looked at the image for this uh, series, and I should have put it up there, but uh, we kind of drew a little squiggly line for what our hearts look like before God gets a hold of us. And it's this beautiful thing that uh, God, through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and in the empty tomb, transforms our hearts, reforms our hearts, reshapes our hearts. So let's be a people that return to him right now, <laughs> tomorrow, the day after, and every day to come. Amen? Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, uh, um, uh, this, is, this is Old Testament, and, uh, and, and uh, <laughs> the language here is, is, is hard and, and confusing and, and maybe different than we typically think but this invitation comes from you. Um, even now, you say, return to me. And so we just thank you for that invitation. We praise you that in your steadfast love and in your mercy, you would take our, our squiggle <laughs> and you would reform our hearts. You would reshape our hearts. We thank you for the invitation that it's never too late to return to you. It's always a good time to return to you. 
And we rejoice at your power, your almighty power to transform, to reform, to reshape our hearts, our lives, this whole world. In the name of Jesus, we pray that it would be so. Amen.